1: slash weight And
0: we're off to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Ag Group. As we say, good afternoon to Jane Pickett. Good afternoon, Jane.
1: Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're
0: very welcome. Let me get straight into questions. Here's a here's a great one in from Nita to say, hi Patricia, could you please ask uh, Jane what to do with what I can only describe as a stubborn dog who will only go for about 10 minutes into a walk before she's dragging her heels on the road and then refuses to move. I've tried pulling her along but I don't like doing this so I usually end up just going back home um, and I don't know what the problem is. It's almost as if she thinks, I don't like this place, I don't want to be doing this, I don't want to be uh, going out for a walk, and Muggins here gives in. Now I need to break this habit, as I have two dogs. My second dog is rearing for the road and rearing to go out for his walk. So I end up bringing the four-year-old dog home, and then going back with the two-year-old dog, which I don't like doing either, because my dad says as soon as we leave, she's whining until I get back. But it's not fair for my second dog, Tess, to have a walk determined by my other dog, Daisy. I know it's probably my fault for giving in when she simply won't move. But she's never been like this before. But it's now becoming a gradual thing that simply is getting worse. Now, she does have a dislocated knee joint which can pop out, but only occasionally. She's actually on a pet version of CBD oil for it. But other than that, there's no health issues. Any tips will be gratefully appreciated. She simply is stubborn thinking you that's Nita.
1: oh well that sounds like a really difficult situation when you have two dogs and one's rearing to go and the other one is really hanging back and wanting to go home and it's really really challenging because obviously as you say you want the other younger dog to be able to go out and run around and keep themselves fit and healthy but obviously the other the other pet is not so keen now i suppose first i'd say it could be a situation that there might be a degree of fear particularly if you're walking the same route the whole time have they ever got a fright from a car or a fright from another barking dog something that they're anticipating around that 10-15 minute mark into the walk in that area if you walk the same way all of the time that they might be nervous or fearful of or some sound or something in the environment that would be the first thing what i would say however though is i think that's less likely than what you what you brought up there at the end the fact that we have a a little bit of the knee joint probably the little kneecap the patella um that comes pops in and out but only happens every now and again now great news that you've got that checked out by the sounds of it um but what i would say is that these situations are dynamic they change over time so what might not be a huge issue in younger dog as they gain a little bit of age even a few years if they have an underlying bone or muscle issue Sometimes with wear and tear on that, the situation can change. But also as our pet grows up, you know, the the exact structure of their, their muscles and the alignment of their bones changes a little bit. So in situations where we might have, let's say, a little kneecap that pops in and out, that can change and become worse over time. What I would say is that my gut feeling from what you've said there is I think your dog might be uncomfortable. I think they might be painful when they've done 10 minutes of a walk and they're really wanting to go home because they're sore. I think that might be what's going on here. Um, fear is another thing, as we've discussed, that could be an underlying thing. And I think certainly if you've ruled out any degree of pain with your vet, then then maybe getting a behaviorist on board to say, well, what's triggering that fear or anxiety response in your dog? But I really think that this one is going to be an underlying health issue by the sounds of it. What I would suggest is I would get him booked back in with your vet um, discuss what's happening with the walks um, and discuss... I suppose, well, how you feel your pet's pain control is. And these little dogs, they can be so, so stoic, so, so brave and kind of really, really hide it unless they're pressed. And in this situation, we might be hiding it really, really well until we're walking on a hard surface for 10 minutes and then we get too sore and then we begin to show signs. So our sign is maybe saying, right, I don't want any more of this walk. I want to go home. I'm sore. okay? And soreness in pets, dogs and cats doesn't necessarily mean that they're sitting there whinging. A lot of the time they might become quieter, more reserved, or just avoid certain activities. So they can actually be really, really stoic, really brave and really silent with their pain. And I think that that might be what's going on here. Now, what I would say is there's lots and lots of pain medications on the market if that's what's appropriate for your pet. You need to have a good chat with your vet about this because I know certainly if if let's say the kneecap is the issue, sometimes medical management might be required, but sometimes surgery might be indicated too. So your vet will be the best person to have a chat with you about that after examining your pet as to what the best course of action is. It could be something else as well. Lots of orthopedic issues kind of go hand in hand. So it's important to keep an open mind. It could be elsewhere on the body, um, but it does sound painful. But let's say if we do need to go down the medical management route, I understand that you're already on a, a CBD supplement. That is one type of pain management. I suppose it's one of the newer ones we have on our hands. And what I would say is that it's really worth using something in conjunction with your vet if your vet thinks it's appropriate to prescribe let's say a a medication such as a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory or some of the newer medications that we have to deal with the the nerves response to pain then we know that those medications are tried and true and trusted and we know that they'll provide adequate pain relief so I think really this one although it might seem like a behavioural problem my good instinct in this situation is I think it's it's pain and I think visiting the vet is the
0: first thing. Okay hi uh, Jane I have a golden retriever who was on Royal Canine Hepatic Nut for the past two years, but suddenly has decided he doesn't want to eat it anymore. Can I give him another brand of hepatic nut, whatever that is?
1: Mm, So hepatic means liver. Um, So that would be if we have, let's say, a liver issue. And for some reason not outlined here, it sounds like there's some kind of liver issue in the background that this pet was receiving what we call a prescription diet. So a very special diet that's specific to the needs of a certain disease process. So normally with liver disease, we need to have a slightly different skew of the types of proteins we have um, and kind of a different skew of the fiber types that we have. So it's really quite a specialist thing. okay? and that's to keep that pet well in with that disease in mind if your pet has stopped eating it all of a sudden and they were otherwise really really enjoying it i think the first thing is have you got a new bag and could it be the bag that's changed is it just since you started a new bag of that food if so it might be worth having a think about that and seeing if it's if it's just the bag rather than the the food itself or is it something else? Are they uncomfortable with their chewing now? Is it because they're they're not happy with chewing the nut or chewing the wet food? And um, so just keep an open mind. Well, is it something that's preventing them from enjoying their food? If it is just really a preference that's changed, there are other hepatic diets on the market. But what I would say is they're all a little bit different. And I wouldn't change your pet's diet without having a chat with your vet who's done the underlying diagnosing of your pet's hepatic disease. Because we need to make sure that for their particular problem, that exact diet is the right thing. So there are other options out there. Don't lose hope. Um, but I would definitely do this one under veterinary guidance. I wouldn't just go changing them um on a whim. I think it's a really, a really important decision to make for your vet's longer term management of their disease. So get a vet involved.
0: OK, Brie wants to know, is it safe to get plaque removed from a dog's teeth? The dog is 13.
1: OK, so what I would say is the dental disease is really, really common, particularly in our older patients. And it's really a big source of pain and discomfort that again you know they can suffer through quite silently a lot of dogs will be eating and crunching their food and they actually have quite significant dental disease but you know it takes a lot for a dog to really go off their food and um, because of because of discomfort they're hardwired to really eat and drink and that's kind of down at their kind of basic needs and instincts um i would say that as long as your pet is otherwise well at 13 then age shouldn't be a barrier to having general anesthesia to have their teeth cleaned if that's what's medically necessary. Obviously, in an older patient, their risk of deteriorating under sedation or general anesthesia is I suppose, statistically increased. But what I would suggest in this situation is work with your vet and vet nurse to try and minimize their risk. So go in for a pre-examination, have a chat with them about whether you, they think that your pet is a candidate for at their stage in life needing dental work doing. And it may be the case that if there's obvious targets there they probably are but they'll be able to guide you normally in those instances as vets we'd recommend doing pre-op bloods and that's usually to check out in the background well how is everything ticking away in the body are they doing well so we can kind of try and tailor the anesthesia to the patient to make it as safe as possible so simple things like that can be really helpful but also you'll be able to have a more in-depth discussion about given your pet health concerns in the background or lack thereof what their likely risk under general anaesthetic is but what i would say is you know, age should not be a barrier. And as long as these things can be managed and the risk can be allayed as much as possible, you know, most pets will benefit from dental 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 procedures if they do need them because we don't want them to be suffering suffering in silence
0: Yeah I suppose people just get panicky about the idea of a general mm. of, of an anaesthetic with an, an older dog and Nisha has been Absolutely. back on with the dog uh, with the stubborn dog uh, to say to, uh, can, can you pass on my thanks to uh, Jane I certainly will uh, book the uh, there was a Daisy is the dog no Daisy is the good dog it's uh, to, uh, you know Daisy is the one who's playing up uh, I certainly book her in for a check up with the, the vet I forgot to say they're both uh, Cavachons and she on a picture of the two of them that I take it was taken last Christmas my God they're just adorable dogs Aww. they're really gorgeous so Nita <laughs> let us know how you get on and, and hopefully Absolutely. hopefully it isn't anything uh, too serious okay listen thank you for that uh, Jane and uh, we'll chat again next Thursday
1: brilliant thank you very much. have a lovely yeah. week
0: that is uh, Jane Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket and that is part of the Mill Street uh, Veterinary Group